Welcome, everyone, to another installment of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief, the legal podcast that provides easy-to-understand information about estate and business planning to help you, your family, and your business. And now, the jovial gents of jurisprudence, Mike Betts and Spencer Chaffin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the BC Counselor's Legal Brief. My name is Michael Emir Betts. I'm sitting here with Pierre and Spencer. You won't hear from Pierre, but you will hear from Spencer. Spencer, please state your name for the record. Spencer S. Chafin. Are you under the influence of any sort of substances that would prevent you from speaking truthfully during the entirety of this podcast? No. Can you please raise your right hand and repeat after me? Let the record show that I'm raising my right hand. Okay. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth during the course of this podcast? So help you God. I plead the fifth. That's good enough for me. (laughs) So Spencer, on today's podcast, this episode, what we're going to do is talk a little bit about small businesses and ownership. So marriage. It's marriage. This is something that Spencer and I have talked about in the past. We talk a lot about marriage in a society, and there are certainly critiques and people, you might argue, jump into marriage too soon, whatever. The one thing that is very true is while we do at least give some thought to the importance of knowing our spouse in business, people can just jump in and often do without even knowing the other person. And so thinking about it, like a marriage is crucially important because it is a marriage. And Spencer didn't want me to say this, but I'm going to say it because I'm from Oklahoma. It's really the only way, Spencer, that you can marry your brother or your sister, your aunt, your uncle. Legally. Legally. And which then means it's the only legal way or legal form of polygamy. It is the legal form of polygamy. So all you folks in Utah and the surrounding areas, listen, man, we got just the vehicle for you. <laughs> it's an LLC. Just partner up with that, with that first wife, second wife, sister wife, brother wife, all your wives. So Or husbands, we don't discriminate. Listen, Spencer, why would you even suggest I was discriminating? I was about to say, your brother, 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 sister. Well, brother, father, you and I are in a marriage. We are. Spencer and I have been married now for many years. Almost four years. You believe that? I love it. July uh, or August, August 14th will be four years since we've had BC counselors at law. I know. It's unbelievable. And Spencer and I are, I think, a bad example for the conversation we're going to have today because Spencer and I are... We knew each other for years before this. That's right. And you still always learn new things and people have idiosyncrasies. Poor Spencer has to deal with a lot with me. But that's why I keep you up in Oklahoma. That's exactly exactly right. That's exactly right. And so there's always those sorts of challenges. You're always going to have those challenges. And a marriage is... It's the same thing, whether it be a personal relationship marriage or a business relationship marriage, you know, because the dynamics of the marriage is going to change because things are always going to happen, like different business opportunities. That's going to bring out different nuances in everyone. And so, which is important to have agreements in place of, hey, if this does arise, how are we going to deal with it together in regards to it? That's exactly. Was that a softball? 
into what you're wanting to talk about next? Spencer, you're doing wonderful here. It might be a softball, like hitting it, but I'm going to mix it up a little bit and I'm going to go in this kind of direction because I don't want to leave the marriage analogy. So anyway, the idea is we're getting married. Spencer, I don't know you. You don't know me. Everyone would agree. This doesn't happen, but everyone would agree. You need a prenup. Right. Our operating agreement is the prenup. So we're talking in business terms now. So if we're getting married, everybody knows about a prenup. And if you don't know the person, get a prenup, man. Yeah. Protect yourself. Yeah. You know? Holla, we want prenup. We want prenup. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. So people know it. Kanye was talking about business before any of us were talking business. That's exactly right. So Kanye or Yeezy, he like now that he became Yeezy, he knows what an operating agreement is, right? Right. Because he's got this great big company. He better have something in place. And so if we know the kind of the trend that I see, particularly, you know, we do a lot of work with small businesses in the growing cannabis space, right? That is kind of a hotbed for people wanting to with great ideas, trying to come together and do something. But oftentimes they don't know each other from Adam. And just in the last, maybe I'd say eight years of my career, I've seen a lot of that. And so if we're going to jump into a marriage with uh, whether it be polygamous or just with one other person, we have to have that prenup. And that prenup is the operating agreement, which we've talked about in the past. I want to focus on some of the things, though, that could go wrong. Or rather than the things that go wrong, because there's a myriad of things that could go wrong, I want to talk about things that folks should be thinking about to build into these operating agreements to make a breakup, which they're not always, it's not inevitable that it'll be a breakup, but it happens a lot more frequently than we'd like to. Well, just like we always talk about, or or I do, and I reference this to married couples, is the marriage is going to end in one of two ways death or divorce, and the business is going to be the same way. But there's a third, and that's actually closing down the business. If, hey, everyone's done, we want to be out, but someone's going to want out by themselves or an owner's going to die. So what happens in regards to that? Or, hey, we want to shut it down. We're all good. We've made our money. We're done with the company. Let's shut it down. How do we close everything out? So you're exactly right is we got to have something in place. Got to have something in place. And so This is going to be kind of an ugly start to the discussion. We're going to talk about the thing that I'm seeing oftentimes. It's not working out one way or the other. And it can actually surprisingly not work out because it became successful and folks look at each other and they don't like it because of the success. Sometimes you think, well, if we're all making money, if the company's making money, the money will solve the problems. No, mo money, mo problems. That's exactly right. So the idea ultimately is even if you're making a lot of money, it, it can, can. Yeah. and I see it go wrong. And then obviously it, when there's not the money, it's not successful, things are bad. Right. So I want to talk about what really do I see and does Spencer see is usually the reason why even successful on the surface marriages don't work out. And it really boils down to one thing. It's contributions. I see partnerships sour. And when I say partnerships, I'm not talking a partnership structure. We're talking in LLCs. You guys know we love LLCs here. So it's a limited liability company. But the owners or what I'm going to be loosely referring to as the partners, 
like I said, it could be two or more, they start souring because folks don't feel like there's the same contribution. Someone's not pulling their weight. And there's two ways on the spectrum, and it can fall anywhere in the middle. You've got people who had promised to put in money, and they didn't put in the money that they had promised. And then you've got people that are going to be doing the sweat equity, and they're not putting in the sweat equity or the hard work that folks had expected. And well, the interesting thing is, everyone has a different perspective. <laughs> Nobody's ever honest that right. I didn't do it. And nobody's ever honestly, it's hard to be so disinterested to see the value. And so right, wrong, or indifferent, that's typically what I see is the reason why the partnerships start getting strained. What do you think? I 100% agree. And say everyone did do their part at the beginning and it becomes a successful company. Well, if there's that one that just put in the money and it's kind of the silent partner, so to speak, and then the other one that agreed to the sweat equity of running the business, all they see like 10 years down the road is, okay, yeah, you put the money up front at the beginning, but I'm still the one doing all the work. And it's like, okay, now does this look equitable, so to speak? Now it doesn't, but at the beginning it did. And people forget, and that's a good that's point exactly because people right. forget. Remember, at the day, day one, this was good. Things changed. Couldn't have happened but for, and I'm using this loosely because right. a lot of factors, but this was an instrumental piece, but I see it all the time. You have partners that down the road wonder why these people should be a part of it. And that's all obviously a very common thing, scheming mm -hmm. to try to, we're contributing, they're no longer contributing, they got paid, right? And in some sense of justice, they should be out and the others should continue going. I've heard that. I've seen that. That's something that happens. And that's something that's a challenge that we need to plan for. And so if we are thinking about the worst and we know that that is the most likely thing that will happen because perspectives will change, the question is, what is our goal? What are we trying to do? And the goal, I think, is I want to make it as painless as possible for a separation. Because if a separation is going to happen, I want it to be a very easy separation. I don't want a long, drawn-out litigation, and I don't want it to be painful. And remember, there will be a separation. That's exactly right. In the next episode, I'm going to ask people to, well, they don't participate. Well, I'm going to ask them to, as I'm going to call and response. Send it in their fan mail. Yeah, which incidentally, Spencer, as I'm sitting here right now, I've received no fan mail. We have a fan out there. We do. We have a single fan. And it's not even our producer. No, it's not our producer. You know who it is? Our producer's girlfriend. It's his better half, man. It's exactly right. He's, he's trying to talk Beth. to us. See, he won't even say your name. No, I, he actually just made us look bad. Yeah, he did. And Beth, we want to offer this invitation. It's an open invitation. Since you are the number one loyal fan, we'd love for you to come on our show. I want you on the show. Pierre doesn't participate, and he made it seem like Spencer and I, We because he talks about you all the time. He does. He loves you. It's beautiful. And maybe she can get Pierre to talk on the podcast. Yeah, I think she could. <laughs> so, Beth, I know you're out there. I know you're listening to us. I didn't get that fan mail. So, like, while I was saying nice things to you, I'm, like, secretly, deep down, I'm very upset with you. Send me that fan mail, please. Don't forget to mark my name out. Oh, and if... 
I receive the fan mail, let's say like before this gets published, I apologize. Now we're getting back to the yes, point, back Spencer. Back to the point of the business point divorce. Business divorce. So people don't realize this. They go with the operating agreement that they found online. Right. Absolutely. That says you can't withdraw. It literally makes it a breach of contract to leave. Imagine that. Imagine if we said, hey, if you want to leave, you're in breach. My point is you've got some exposure. I don't want to overplay the exposure, but it just is a barrier. What we need to do is make it easier for folks to part if, ways. Because if you're miserable, why stay miserable? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So here are some common things that I think, and because again, while attorneys are superheroes, they're also the most disagreeable bunch of jerks out there. Everyone is an expert. Everyone knows better. And so I'm telling all the attorneys listening to this, you're right. These are just my views. Wait, so you're saying I'm right? No, but you agree with me. Oh. So you're wrong. Or do I? Well, in this particular case, like, okay. In this particular case, you're right, but you're also wrong because you're going to appreciate and like what I'm about to say. And if you don't, Spencer... I'm still right and wrong. Well, listen, dude. I'm going to refer him to section 12.5, subsection A of our operating agreement. And Spencer, read that, look at it. That'll tell you you're on thin ice, sucker. (laughs) Okay? So you're wrong. They're right. Mike, I'm wrong. You're right. No, we're both wrong. Hey, we're going to take a quick commercial break so that way you can hear from our sponsors. But we'll be right back with more legal info to help you, your family, and your business right here on the BC Counselor's Legal Brief. This episode of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief is brought to you by Alfredo Robledo Certified Public Accountant, PC. Alfredo has been licensed as a certified public accountant since 1984 and is located in Grapevine, Texas. Alfredo can help with many different tax matters, ranging from filing individual and business tax returns, trust and estate filings, as well as bookkeeping services for your business. You can contact Alfredo at 817-421-0720 or find him at grapevinecpa.com. and I'm almost a teenager. I have a real problem. My daddy and my grandfather love pie. For my daddy, it's apple. For my poppy, it's anything lemon. But they won't bring me any pie. I don't think that's fair. They always go to Judy Pie on Main Street in Grapevine, where Miss Judy and her bakers make 20 different kinds of pies and cinnamon rolls on the weekend. But I don't get any. They tell me I can have pie when I'm a teenager, like pie is only for grown-ups or something. Can someone please call my daddy and my poppy and tell them I need pie? In the meantime, you can go to JudyPie.com, or if you're in Grapevine, Texas, visit Judy Pie on Main Street. And if my daddy or my poppy are there, tell them that Kaya wants a piece of pie. And we're back, and you're listening to the BC Counselor's Legal Brief, the podcast providing legal info to help you, your family, and your business. So, okay, so here's some of the things that Spencer and I have done in the past. Yeah. And these are general concepts, and it's not going to work in every case, but here's the idea. I think including a provision that allows people to leave makes a lot of sense. More than ever, I'm a big fan of it. And specifically, I think 
there needs to be two concepts. One is removal. Removal is an important concept. And in one of our forms, removal is in, I call it section 5.6. Thank you, Spencer. So the removal provision, it's going to seem maybe if you're on the bad end of it, I don't like that. But here's what I want people to consider. Like we live in the United States of America. It is the beacon of light. And at least I still like to think, though I know people will disagree, it's a republic, but it's democracy. It's like the proof is in the pudding that democracy can work even when things get bad. It's not maybe that bad. Hold the criticism. That's fine. This is not what this podcast is about. But my point is, at least we all tend to agree that democracy makes sense. And so what if everyone thinks what you're doing is wrong and doesn't want you to be there? Typically, the idea is, you know what? It's not worth it. I'll leave. And what I would argue is if everyone wants you gone, so we can build in some really good protections. But my argument is if everyone wants you gone, they might not be right. Sometimes you're just wrong. And if most people have articulated a point and I'm on the bad side of it, I tend to just say, you're right, I was wrong. And I try to fall in line. But even I, being a superhero, am not always able to do that. Sometimes my demons keep me from being agreeable because I am a lawyer, so I'm disagreeable. And so if everybody wants me gone, maybe they're right. And maybe actually it's just not worth it in the grand scheme of things to create all of this ugliness and stress. What were you going to say, Well, Spencer? I was going to say, even if you're right and everybody still wants you gone and you articulate to them, hey, look, I am right. Here's why. And they still want you gone. Why would you want to stay with that group? That's right. That's exactly right. And so a removal provision gives some flexibility for folks to be able to ask folks that they don't want them to be there to have them leave. And then guess what we can do? We can still compensate those people. Now, what I'm not a big fan of is folks made a deal, and this is just my own personal philosophy, but the idea is we all made a deal. We grew something. There's always shades of gray, whether or not folks did as much or whatever. You might be paying somebody fair market value and not be happy that they're being And feel like they're getting more than what they should. But but guess what? You're getting rid of them. Yeah. And that is making it better for you. And sometimes you got to pay a premium for that. That's right. And so this goes back to what I was saying, prepping everyone and all those that are maybe going to have uh, comments disagreeing. The reality is no deal's a perfect deal. No. And you're going to feel bad. And the person who's getting ousted is going to feel bad. And because everyone feels bad, but it's fair, objectively, that's a good deal. And so I like removal provisions, and I think it's important to have a form of a removal provision. A lot of operating agreements, so many operating agreements avoid it because people don't want to be the minority person left out, and they want minority protections. And I'm all for minority protections. That's fine. But there's also philosophically, should a holdout, one holdout, rule the roost? And I'm not saying that we should oppress the minority because you know me, Spencer, I am not for that. Right. That's why we can fairly compensate them for what they have. And guys, we should go our different paths. And if you want to fight it out litigation wise, go litigate it. You know what I mean? That's still your choice. Go litigate it. But the thing is this, wouldn't it be nicer to save that expense and get the same result? 
because here's what litigation would turn out to be. Just a lot of fighting, maybe a derivative suit, a lot or of possibly gone. a dissolution. And if we're dissolving the company, everyone loses. That's exactly right. So I'm trying to find what we call the Pareto optimal solution. And that's finding a middle ground that is most optimal for everybody involved. Related to that, and this is mostly in a scenario of two people or more than that, but let's say the breakdown in control is a 50-50 split. So it's a deadlock. We're not able to make a decision. It could be as easy as not having a quorum. So let's say folks just don't show up to resist. And so for those that don't know what a quorum is, it's basically the minimum number of people in a governing body that have to be present in order for that governing body to actually exist. Or and make exist. decisions. Sorry. Make decisions. I meant say make decisions. So state of Texas in some current news, I think it was last week, one of the parties, we live in a two-party system. I don't want people to get up or down. So I'm just going to say one of the parties, they revolted by just not showing up and there was not a quorum. Right. So the legislature couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything. You'd be surprised at how often that happens. That's it's right. It's scary. It does happen a lot. And so I'm saying that that's a deadlock yeah, right. because yeah. we have to make decisions. We can't make decisions. We're kind of stuck. Deadlocks, that happens a lot, so much. What I'm seeing are deadlocks. And then usually the deadlock, what people do is they'll file a motion or a petition to the court to dissolve the company. Hey, we're deadlocked. There's no reason for this company to exist. I went to LegalZoom and I can't just withdraw without risking a breach. And people are not always using their brains. They might go hire an attorney and pay thousands of dollars to an attorney looking not at the whole forest, but just at these little leaves and angry. And then their attorney is making them angry. And then they just waste a bunch of money and end up in the exact same spot. And so I want to pull out all my hair and did. And that's why I'm bald. That's why you're bald. Yeah, exactly. And that's why you had to get out of the litigation world. You got it. So the idea is instead of doing all of that, right? I have this provision that is a deadlock provision. And you're going to love this, Spencer. And there's different variants of it. And there are a lot of people that talk about the good. There's a lot of people that talk about the bad on this. But I just love the simplicity and the kind of mind game. It almost forces you into thinking about getting in the line and doing the right thing. But you have a way out. It's always kind of like, a, like an exit plan. We call it the, I'm trying to think, for the state of Texas, it's called the, the, uh, the Texas, the Texas, uh, the Texas, uh, goodness gracious, because you looked at me, Spencer, it fell out of my, you can't just look down now. Incidentally, look down. I want to, this episode was brought to you by TWG Supply. TWG Supply provides all of your airport supply needs. You need to supply an airport? Let TWG supply that airport. Spencer, send this one to Chris to make him listen to that. Perfect. Okay. He'll appreciate that. He'll appreciate that. All right. And then I'll jokingly send him a bill and he'll send me one back. That's what I love about Chris. He will. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So anyway, it's called the uh, Texas, it's not the Texas Hold'em, it's the Texas what was the OK Corral? The it shootout? It's like Texas shootout. shootout. Thank you. The shootout at the OK Corral. It's called the Texas shootout, right? And so the Texas shootout is a provision that effectively says, OK, we have a deadlock, right? And I kind of like mixing it up because I've seen them where they designate one party versus another. 
but it essentially says this. Hey, listen, one party can say, you know what? I'm done. Buy me out for a price, right? The other side then either gets to buy you out at that price or they can say, no, 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 no. You know what? I'm not going to buy you out. You buy me out at that exact same price. And the reason why that's amazing is it gets rid of the, 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 like, so we have, we have 50, 50, let's make it simple. Spencer, you and me 50, 50, and we can't agree to something. Right. Yep. And it's gone. I say to you, Spencer, Hey, Spencer, you know what? We're deadlocked. Buy me out for $20 million. Right. I might dissuade you from buying me out and you'd be like, no, well, we're not going to get anywhere. You're going to say, actually, you're legally obligated, Mike, because I'm not going to do it. You got to pay me $20 million. Because what's good for the goose is good, good for, for the, the gander. gander. Yep. You know what I mean? And I love it. So it's going to make me think hard about- The price you want. What is the right price? Because they could just make me eat it, and that's fine. And so the idea is, I think people look at it like, oh, this is a bad idea. Why would you do it? No, I'm just going to value my interest and say, hey, if I have to leave, I want to do this and I need to know what money it's going to take theoretically to be made whole and to be able to start doing this. Let's say we're lawyers. I can't have it. And non-competes are a different episode. So this is almost kind of like the free, restricted free agency of, hey, another team has offered me $20 million. Team that I'm playing for now, will you match that? Yep. And if not, then they get bought out. You got it. So when you brought up the Texas shootout, I was kind of on the edge of my seat that you were going to be saying, okay, everybody gets a pistol and they line up back to back and take 10 steps, but it's not that. It's not that. It's okay. a very boring lawyer version of it. But it is, but it is kind of, I made a shot and did I get you? Yeah. Or yeah. did you dodge, dodge it like it? Neo and the Matrix and, and then, then it, come back and say, no, and you me. pay me. Exactly. And so, Agent Smith. And so if I did the price right, let's say it is legitimately like to be able to get it. Because what's nice is this isn't necessarily even based on a fair market value, which there's some limitations on that. When you're valuing a closely held company, you're not going to have as much value necessarily right. because there's It's not as valuable typically as you think it is. That's right. Because everybody, when something's close to you and you've put you know, your heart and soul into it, it's kind of like my kid's the best soccer player. That may or may not be true. I'm just a little more biased because it's my child. Same thing with a closely held business is that business is like your child and you think it has a higher value because it's your baby. And unfortunately, people have a hard time seeing that and it hurts when even if you go do a true full value, it's like, this should be way more than that. And that disinterested person goes, sorry, man, I got to be the bearer of bad news. Here's what it really is. And so you got to keep that in the back of your mind too. That's right. And, And on the fair market value, for those that are listening, because I talked about ways to get rid of a dissenter, right? If And I'm thinking kumbaya, right? right. Nothing sinister. There's going to be sinister motives. My hope is if there's sinister motives, well, you don't want to be a part of that. You're getting out of it if we can protect you. And I think fair market value as a concept that I just glossed over, I'm telling people, well, it might be worth less. It's just expectation-wise because yeah. you can get a fair market value appraisal by an appraiser. They can get a fair market value appraisal by an appraiser. 
And we can say that these appraisers have to have qualifications. Right. And there are actual qualifications yep. for it. So we feel good about it. And if they're really close, we can average it. Yeah. What if they're really far apart? Well, why don't we let these two experts agree to someone? And even though they're experts, they're experts and they are advocating more likely than not for their clients. Experts do a pretty good job of agreeing to a third expert. Yep. And let's hope we get the better expert. And sometimes it's a battle of experts. Yep. Litigators go through that too. So that's just a common thing that you're going to have to be faced with. But let's assume all things being equal, we have equally good experts. They're going to find somebody else. And if that other person decides a value, we can average the two closest ones. Or that person's value could be it. There's different ways we could do it. And my point is, we're going to have, don't have to take one person's word for it. We could just agree to fair market value, but people are disagreeable in this world. Right. So we create a mechanism to do it. And you should feel comfortable that if you get that sort of fair market value, it's fair market value. And yeah, there's restrictions because that you can't sell it like Apple stock on an exchange. You know what I mean? Right. There's going to be ways that they discount it. And there's going to be things that they're going to be thinking about the experts on getting it lower. That's the nature of this business. If you understand that, go in with reasonable expectations. And then we can make sure that if you are getting pushed out, you're getting pushed out fairly. So in summary, Spencer, we need to have a prenup. That prenup is an operating agreement to prevent divisions. But we're always going to, or painful splits, but we're always going to separate. And so that leads to the buy-sell agreement, which I think, because we need more content for this podcast to keep this thing going. How about if we do buy-sell agreements? What if we do buy-sell agreements in the next installment? Mike, I like where your head's at. You like that? Buy-sell agreements. In more detail, buy-sell agreements. Because I've talked about buy-sell agreements. We have, but uh, I, I think, I think we like, need to get oh, into the... To the nitty gritty. A little nitty gritty. A little nitty gritty. The idea, though, guys, is some provisions that if something happens, it helps a transition. But this is a happy thing. This is a thing that we we love each other and we're just trying to help pass it on. It's a uh, separation from no fault of the owners. That's the idea. What I was talking about is ugly. This is a little bit happier. I mean, it's a loss of somebody, but it's a happier thing. It's going to preserve. We're all on the same team. I don't want other creditors to be involved with Spencer. So if I have creditors, Spencer, I protected you. Or my family, hey, listen, I need to get some money out of this business when I pass away. Milo doesn't want to be an attorney and work with me or vice versa. My kids, you know, don't make them. Yeah, that's right. So. Okay, well then, Spencer, I feel like we covered a lot of ground here. I think people learned a lot. I hope they learned a lot. And then we took away from that you can marry your family with an LLC. Yeah, you can marry. Yeah. And if you want to divorce your family, you got to have that operating agreement properly yeah, written. That's exactly right. Do we have anything else, Pierre, that you need us to cover? I can't read lips. Sorry, my, <laughs> my mic was off. No, we're good. I didn't know Pierre was Mickey Mouse. Yeah, Pierre, like, what the heck? He's, like, sucking helium? (laughs) What, do you like this better? Yeah, I do like that Okay, Bruce Wayne, Batman. Well, on behalf of Michael and Spencer, this is the authentic Pierre. Honey, I'm coming home soon. We're wrapping up this podcast.
podcast. And he's going to fire us. I might fire the boys, but this has been good. Until next time, this is Pierre. Thank you for listening to the BC Counselor's Legal Brief.